and doing this at the same time? Is that? Yeah, it'll just be a crunch. It's a Rice Krispie treat. Is it okay if I have a beer and do this at the same time? <laughs> well, I'm drinking whiskey with Rice Krispies, so I mean, I don't know what the hell. Yeah, that's an interesting combination. Hold on, hold on. Hmm. <laughs> Get one to Steve. Yeah, he's got it right here. He ain't putting it on. Come on, Steve. Log in. Whiskey and Rice Krispie. The whiskey is fine, right, Jason? Oh, wait a second. Yes, it is. The whiskey is definitely fine. Now, there's people out there in cyberspace who will actually hear this. <laughs> yeah. You'd be surprised. But yeah. <laughs> Maybe my buddy, he listens to podcasts. But what you I'll send you the link. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear you, Amber. And I, need to check the, <clears throat> I need to check your sound. Hi. Come on, princess. Talk. <laughs> Say, I just shot a big bull. I just shot a big bull elk. Yay. Sorry, wait a second, wait a second. Finish another bite of rice crispy. Now I gotta drink a little bit of whiskey. Okay, we're back on. You good? <clears throat> well, no, I'm gonna probably pour some more whiskey here in a minute. Okay. Oh, wait, my hunting camp minions. Oh, that bowl of Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> that? He was coming to every one of your cow calls, and it was. Oh, he loved Lucas. Because I'm the hunting camp princess. You are. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm the queen, technically. <laughs> well, I think you're actually the king, too. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the RNA Outdoors podcast, fueled by Ripcord Arrowrest and First Light Hunting Apparel. At RNA, we are public land DIY conservationists that love to share our passion for the outdoors. So join us and our team as we interview professionals in the industry to share insight knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. Listeners, subscribers, and fellow outdoorsmen and women. This is your host, Lucas Paw, and I'm excited to tell you about some of the sponsors that continue to help make this podcast not only happen, but grow and thrive in this digital world of audio content. This podcast is brought to you by Ripcord Arrow Rest, the bow hunter's number one fallaway rest on the market. Ripcord is known for 100% full time arrow containment and their patented drop-dead brake system that eliminates launcher bounce back. Best of all, Ripcord is backed by their rock-solid guarantee. If the original owner has a part break for any reason, it will be repaired or replaced at no charge. And did I mention? Ripcord is located in southwest Montana, where all their products are made with pride in America. Check them out at ripcordarrest.com and on their social media feeds. This podcast is brought to you by First Light Clothing and Hunting Apparel. Born in the Rockies in central Idaho, First Light's mission is to create simple yet proven versatile gear that provides comfort and performance in any situation while working to promote the pursuit of ethical hunting and stewardship. I recently joined the First Light Pro staff team and have continued to be impressed year after year in their innovations in engineering and merino wool fabrics. Ten years ago, they started putting out wool fabrics with camo patterns, and immediately this changed the game. Since then, they offer multiple layering systems and kits in various proprietary patterns and continue to raise the bar with their competition. Find them online at firstlight.com or under their social media feeds. Go farther, stay longer. (laughs) 
Well, welcome, folks, to the RNA Outdoors podcast. We are coming to you live from Elk Camp in an undisclosed location in Arizona, where our female hunter here, who was the lucky tag recipient of the one non-resident random tag. Tag number 15, baby. Tag number 15 for the illustrious Unit 22 North. So we're joined here by the Quick family, uh, an extended family of the Quick family, uh, along with Mike, who came over um, just to help us out, to glass, to... Let us know where all the elk were and tell us where the big five point was. And so anyway, uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be on location. And uh, wow, what a last five, five to seven days. (laughs) Well, five to seven days. Wait a second. What day is today? Because I think we showed up here on Friday. Steve, what day did we show up? The ninth? The ninth. What day is today? We showed up on your birthday. Yeah, the ninth was my birthday. What day is today? That's right. It was your birthday, wasn't it? It yeah. was. You turned 30... Old. Okay. 19? 39. Okay. Again. Again. Okay. Good. Again. Good. <laughs> what is today? 19th. Today is the 19th, but yesterday was the 18th. So. so oh, that's because right. Because it is like 1230. Mid- 1230 so, yeah, in the morning. Well, we just got back okay. into camp. We yeah. got the quarters hung up and the tree. We are rocking and rolling like superstars. So somebody filled their tag today. Yeah. Or actually yesterday. Yeah, actually yesterday. And Amber. I'm, and I'm very tired. <laughs> oh, I know you're tired, but you're our hunter. You're you're our showcase. Yeah. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason why one, two, three, four, five guys are here oh, with wait, you right now. My hunting camp minions. My hunting camp minions. That's good. And and <laughs> we had one, two, three more guys that were in camp with us. And mm-hmm. what? And then one, two more guys that were giving mm-hmm. us information. Yeah, we had quite a bit of help. So, Jason, maybe you want to go around and just introduce everyone in the room because you're, you're okay. kind of good at, at doing I'm, introductions. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Well, my dad, Tony Quick, is over here, but he, he said the last podcast he was on, he was drinking whiskey and got busted on a couple things. Oh, well, we're going to... We were still working on you, Tony. Yeah, we're, but Dad, we're just talking about the people in the room yet. We'll get to them. So we got my dad, Tony Quick, my brother-in-law, Steve Schaefer, and my good friend, which is also Steve's best friend, Mike McConnell, and then, of course, Amber the Rockstar Quick here. No, it's Amber the Most <laughs> Awesome. The Amber the Most Awesome, which placed a couple of beautiful shots right in the right spot at the right time. She's yeah. practicing being humble. That's always a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, as humble my by. as my dad said, we had uh, <laughs> Dominic and Craig, which a couple friends that we met uh, at NRA convention that came out to help out, as well as uh, the NRA advancement officer Dave Kellner um, that came out uh, to help. But they bo- they all had to leave. Uh, actually. Today yesterday. yesterday was yesterday was Monday, right? Yes. So we killed so. on yeah. Monday, and they had to leave on Sunday yeah. to go back to work. So, so really, the day before yesterday. The day before yesterday. That's always the way it is. Yeah. Which so, is. Which is today. today. <laughs> or the day after yesterday. <laughs> so yeah. So you guys got here on the ninth. You said. So yeah, you guys... we we came in on the ninth. Uh, set up camp. Um, and then went to an NRA function down in Casa Grande. For his was, birthday. Yeah, for my birthday. They even sang happy birthday to me. And they gave him an apple pie. And we ate apple pie for quite a few days. Then we came up here to 22 North and uh, basically scouted for the, uh, what, that was uh, mon- Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, I have to say that... This area is really, really, really thick. Yeah, lots of cedar, lots of... Lots of pinion, yep, lots of cedar. PJ. You know, it it's was... It's hard to see. My thought was coming into this, we'd be able to glass, we would be able to sit on high vistas and glass for miles, and that just really wasn't the case. I think tonight was the first night I actually broke out the spotting scope to actually sit and glass one area. Yeah. Which we ended up glassing back to camp where the actual elk were, so... <laughs> well, and I think that's Mike's fault. Cause, it is my fault. Because Mike, Mike was making a comment earlier about, uh, hey, I, I, I saw a five-point. 
It was a big five point. Why don't you tell us about that, Mike? Well, I left camp yesterday morning early and it was only about a half a mile outside of camp. Jason told me I want you to go out there around this little pond and, and go up the up the mountain and sit and see if you can see anything. So I no sooner turned went by the pond and it was still almost dark. I could hardly see, but this big five five by five and two cows just kind of walked right across. I wasn't even out of my truck. And I just rolled down the window and just sat there and watched it for probably three minutes. It wasn't concerned about me at all, just headed back up into the cedars. Pretty and good five point though, right? You said it was a pretty I, good bull. I thought it was a great big bull. Maybe yeah. it was is that the one you guys saw this evening? I think it was. Was I, think I exaggerating? It, no, was a, it was a it was a pretty good it was a pretty good five point. We think it actually had a six point on, on one side. It looked like a five by six. But. but it was just a small point, but it was very deceptive because actually when it walked out we were uh, what well, we were mm-hmm. right at that pond, that same yep. pond that he was talking about. Yep. And uh, I guess I guess we could back 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 up a little bit, right? Yeah, we should. We I should mean, we should start with uh, a whole bunch of days of scouting, a whole bunch of days with other things. Yeah. So scouting, and then um, what about at the encounter? I showed up, so um, you know Dave was here over the weekend, and and uh, you know we spent a lot of time you know just trying to find a bull that we thought was going to be a shooter for amber um and then when we realized that uh it was hard to glass we said we kind of changed our tactic and jason and i talked about it we said we just need to treat this rifle hunt like an archery hunt and that's what we did and we started chasing bugles and um uh, before we know it what was it last night or the night before um amber mm-hmm. got to um basically understand what it was to have an elk come in to 30 yards and sit there and look at us and bugle and grunt and what was snort that? at what us. Was, and what was that like, Amber? It was pretty awesome. We videotaped that, and, yeah. and that was pretty fun. You had eyes yeah. about that big. What was cool is looking back at her after the bull went away, and she was just like, that was awesome. <laughs> and yeah. he was a six-point. I mean, he I wasn't. I would have shot it, but... <laughs> I probably would have shot a lot of things. Yeah, now, well. Now, now that everything's living. over, aren't you happy you didn't shoot yes. either of those that I, we had yeah. opportunity? Dad's okay. living vicariously through daughter and said, no, we wouldn't shoot that bull, which was a good choice because he was a young six-point. Um, another yeah. year or two would be a nice bull. But um, but nonetheless, you got to experience what it's like to have a bull mm-hmm. come to a cow call, bugle, come in come below us and try to get the wind and that's what he did and then he came back around and we were able to get pretty good video footage of it but um that's what it's all about this time of year is, is getting close encounters with elk and, and, and amber amber what what did we say that that bull really loved oh that bull loved lucas <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he was coming to every one of your cow calls he liked my cow was- call Oh, he loved Lucas. I think he liked it today, too, which we could talk about today's encounter this morning. We might as well. This morning, we actually had another great encounter. What did you think about that, Amber? That one was more puny than the other one. (laughs) He was puny. You know, she calls elk that you and I normally shoot every time it walks out in front of us. Puny. Puny, yeah. Just, Just so you know. And... And was, brother-in-law Steve would have whacked that one too. I can just even, tell you right even now. Even before our encounter, I think Steve's got a story of a bull this morning that yeah, we, we should actually let Steve tell we've us actually about glassed that. up a couple times, right? Yeah, Dominic and um, his son-in-law Greg had saw it saw it pass uh, across the road at a distance, and we've been been looking for it and hadn't got eyes on it. And uh, this morning, I went out. And circled back around on a power line road, and uh, as I came down, um, kind of come off a hill, and then leveled out, and then it was dropping again, and there was a whole harem crossing the the clearing at that time, and so um, got to see a a bull tending his six eight um, cows, and a pretty nice bull. Uh, I would have shot it for sure. So we basically we had planned to try to get our eyes on that thing again because we found that it was crossing uh, from from an area with some water and going down into a canyon. 
back and forth, and there was good tracks there, and that's kind of what we were deciding to try to do this evening. And we had kind of, well, we'd kind of had a pattern on him because I think Dominic had seen him a couple days before and basically was on the same route of travel, right? He was kind of from going from the higher country down into the Mesa area where um, he was traveling across basically the Powerline Road, which was one area that we thought may be a good place to kill a bull because yeah. there's actually a, a vantage point that you can see for three, 400 miles. So, And what's, what's interesting about that is just like two days before Dominic saw him, my dad saw a bull from a long ways away in that same general vicinity that cut across and it had i think dad it had 20 20 25 elk in that group that yes. cut across there so yeah 25 animals. 20 25 animals and one of them he said was a really really good bull so we think there's a potential that maybe that bull was a different bull but at the same time, it was the same general area. It was really kind of unique seeing them <clears throat> them all cut across that same spot. So, You know what's, I guess, unique, and maybe for the listeners that probably don't even understand what we're talking about, but Amber drew a basically an archery tag during the archery season with with a rifle. So she bet she drew an early rifle tag um, in the archery season. So we're able to hunt bulls in the rut um, from the 15th to the 21st with mm-hmm. a rifle. So that, maybe Jason, you can talk a little more about it, but this is a tag that most people wait 15 to 20 years to draw. I mean, I know the, the early rifle tags rotate in Arizona um, based on, um, you know, Arizona, Arizona Game and Fish changes the different units every year. But 22 is one of the better units, top units. I mean, even an archery tag for 22 um, as a non-resident takes, you know, 12 to 15 points. So Yeah. Well, it, it is a very unique tag. <clears throat> the challenge that I see with it is is actually drawing it i mean there's 30 tags so 10 percent go to non-residents that means only three tags a maximum of three tags doesn't mean that three tags are going to go to non-residents means a maximum of three tags go to residents two of those tags go to maximum point holders so if somebody has the maximum amount of points which i can't remember what it is but it's over 20 if you have over 20 points and you're in the maximum point pool, you would get that tag. And then one tag is on what they call a random draw. And the random draw tag goes to anybody. And it just happened that this particular year, my beautiful daughter drew that crazy random tag. Which, what did you and I figure, less than a percent chance or right at about a percent chance with three points... Oh, it was astronomically low. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those. That, it was winning the lottery, essentially. Yeah. Now, that would be neat. Now, we just need her to win the lottery, too, and then we could go hunting all over the world, Amber. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. Because so, yeah, I so, checked one animal off my list. So there you mo- go. Most people will never hunt elk in Arizona, let alone draw, you know, a non-resident tag in the well, random pool. Um, and to put that in early per- rifle. Put that into perspective. My dad has 20 points for elk. We've been putting him in for an early rifle tag for 20 years, and he is yet to draw. One of the fishing game officers that we met up here, his wife had 19 points. She just drew. So another young lady that actually killed an elk on the first day had 12 points to draw this tag. And they were like, oh, my gosh, that's absolutely unbelievable that she drew it with 12 points so i mean if you think about that when we talk about a point it's basically a year so you have to tell yourself that you don't want to hunt elk in the state of arizona for that many years and dad's even been commenting well who knows by the time he draws he might not be able to hunt i mean it's been you know a a 20 plus year quest to draw a tag yeah so, which is part of how Arizona, I mean, they manage for bigger bulls and that's one of the way they do that is, is, you know, most even residents draw every five to seven years. So it's not like most States. It's, it's kind of similar to Nevada where, you know, it takes you even residents, you know, five to 10 years to draw a good elk tag. Um, and that's just how they manage the elk herds here in Arizona. Yeah. Well, and, and once again, just like my brother-in-law, Steve and Mike and myself, 
we've all decided, you know, we want to go hunting more often. So maybe a lot of times, maybe on the first item that we put in, because the first two choices is the ones that count for Arizona. Sometimes we put in for a really great hunt, like Steve and I have put in for nine um, rifle sometimes, seven west rifle sometimes, nine archery. But then your second choice, it's like we're like, hey, look, we'll, we could draw. we'd yeah. like to draw a tag. If we can go to 5B South or 5B North or go to 7 West or any of the other good um, archery areas, because that's really what we've turned to, is Steve's got us into into archery hunting because the odds of drawing an archery tag is better than a rifle tag and on the archery tag the beautiful thing about it is normally you hunt at this time of year that's what makes this tag that amber had so special is that normally she would like archery season doesn't start until this coming friday or friday yeah so they're actually hunting before the archery people do. Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of abnormal, but I will tell you, it's been a tough hunt. This has not been an easy hunt. I mean, Steve, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? I mean, yeah, it's not. <laughs> we had a harder time finding a decent bull. I mean, we saw elk every day, but uh, they just weren't moving at all. Of course, it, I mean, it, um, they still haven't been moving during the day. You're talking about the first half hour and the last half hour before. Yeah you see any actions and so you have to make all your decisions based on uh what you see at that time yeah it's been it hasn't been an easy hunt by any means i mean there's been times i've been thinking even if i had a bow in my hand i mean we've had some close encounters but um there's nothing easy about getting in those cedars and you know you hear bulls within 100 yards of you but you know that if you know that bull could be 100 yards but you can't see him and even closing the distance on we were what two nights ago we had bulls bugling all around us and we didn't see any of them and that was the trouble is we didn't know is it a big bull is it a bull we actually want to hunt because we could never see him but you could hear him bugle um but then the other thing we talked about is never judge a bull by his bugle because you know we notice on a couple bulls we called in they've got these really deep raspy bugles and this little raghorn walks in so you just never know uh you know when you're covered you know in the trees and in the cedars and the pj it's just really hard to see in those areas and and i'll be honest when we when she drew this tag i was just like i had all these grandeur thoughts of super huge bulls not going to be that big of a deal expectations we're going to see you know three to five 350 class bull elk every day it's not going to be i mean it's just going to be like well, which one in the candy store do we want to pick out? And then the only problem with that would be the other hunters. Yeah. That's really what I thought in my head. And then when we get here, the first five days of scouting, Steve, did did we even see it? No, we saw a couple of branch bulls, but nothing that was uh, of any consequence, you know. And, uh, you know, then we started putting cameras on the pond so at least we'd see if yeah. there, what was in the area and even that didn't show uh anything exceptional well it ended jason and i spent four days here in august and i think was it podcast 28 or 29 we did a two-part series but we spent uh we spent like four days here scouting and we saw one or two bulls that kind of piqued our interest yeah you know, it was still early season some of the bulls still had velvet on them saw a lot of elk but um really focused more on the Mogollon Rim is where yeah. we were, and we didn't spend a whole lot of time on the side where we actually ended up yeah. harvesting. So, And and that was that was the goofy thing for me is we came over here, scouted. We saw lots of elk. We only In my mind, we only saw one or two bulls that were okay. Um, they weren't anything in my mind that I thought, oh, that's definitely going to be a bull that we would hunt. I was thinking, oh, it's, this is just the beginning and then we get over here, and, and I mean, I mean, Mike's been here. What day did you come in, Mike? You came in on on Friday. Friday. So how many how many big bulls had you seen since Friday? Which you that's only four days, but have you seen uh, any that you saw the big five point? The, that's the only big bull I've seen. Yeah. So 
So that kind of puts it into perspective. Dominic and his boy, uh, Craig, they saw they saw the one. They oh, it's his son-in-law, right? Okay. Anyway, he saw one one good one good bull, and then Dad saw one good bull, mm-hmm. and I mean. Then, then you, the one you and Dad <laughs> saw this morning the one that crossed the road that you guys liked. I mean, really, I only saw, uh, well, actually, Dave and you saw that one that was up on the rim, and you got yeah. actually video footage of that one. That one yep. that one I liked a lot. Yep. And um, he was a good bull. I mean, he, he was coming over right at dark. I mean, it was 630 when the sun set, and he pulled over the top. He had eight cows with him, um, and he was... At the time, I mean, he was a shooter um, yeah, in our absolutely. book after what we had seen after, you know, being here for four or five days. You'd been here almost a week. And um, so we thought, you know, let's try to hunt that bull. So the next morning um, we got up and I went back uh, along with Mike and Steve. We went back here just behind camp and we're glassing back up. And um, I saw the cows. I didn't see the bull. Um, but I kept hearing bugles off to the right so i think i went over i talked to mike i said hey i'm gonna drop off the ridge here and i'm gonna go in and i'm just gonna start you know seeing what i see and my whole desire out of this was obviously was to help amber harvest a bull but um was to just have as many encounters as we could see as many bulls as we could and then try to make a plan on you know one of these bulls and that's part that's part of it is is you know having encounters um, you know, having a list, here's number one, here's number two, here's number three, here's, you know, triple, quadruple backup. And that was my plan that day was to just turn up a lot of bulls. And immediately um, I walked up on the ridge um, that we had hunted the first day and uh, turned to six point at 18 yards uh, and then jumped two other six points that morning. Uh, and um, just all morning was just in bugles. And I remember texting you saying, where are you at? Call me. You got to get up. Just just come up Hard Scrabble Road, and uh, so finally you did, and uh, you got to the top of the ridge, found me, and you got out of the truck. And what did we hear? Yeah, lo and behold, we were we were in them instantly. Eleven thirty, and and the funny part about that whole thing is we actually were hunting a different area, and Amber, it was as quiet as a church mouse over there, wasn't it? We didn't hear anything. Yeah, it was really quiet, and. To the point where, I I was kind of, I was kind of a little depressed. Were you a little depressed? Yeah. No, you always had good expectations. You told well, me all the time. Yeah. What did you say? We are one. Oh wait, no. The universe has a greater plan. The universe has a greater plan. The universe waited for Lucas to be here so he could help me skin and do all that and, stuff. And and Mike too and because Mike. it was yeah, one of those it's a things. Group effort. Yeah. We were we did hunt on opening day without him, but Amber said, "Oh, yeah. it's not meant to be for us to shoot him now. I mean, we it's just not meant to be. I'm we got to get the band back together yeah. and yeah. And we did. Well, when we when we ran over to you though, that was a lot of fun. That that put us right in the mix of things. But yeah, then it, was, it once, was that midday madness time. I mean, it was 11, 11:30. Um I'd walked three or four miles that morning and just had been turning up elk, following bugles, and um, had three really good bulls cross me on the power line, um, which, you know, my thought was, is, okay, if I chase those four or those three, um, depending on where they're going, um, you know, my concern was, is that was going to be our evening hunt, which ended up being our evening hunt. But when you guys got up there, there was two other bulls talking to each other, um, again, at 11:30, these elk should be bedded by now. And um, and Jason came up there with Amber, and we went in. And uh, I mean, we had that bull within probably 60 to 100 yards. Yeah. And I don't know if it was wind or something um, kind of pushed him away, but nonetheless, uh, at noon having an encounter um, at you know 12 o'clock in the afternoon or um, yeah. turning into the afternoon, um, that's good because that's that's the practice and what we were trying to do was get Amber set up multiple times when Elk came so, in so she would know, you know, when the when the bull comes in, Jason Cow calls, the bull stops, so she knows don't shoot the bull when it's moving, shoot it when it stops. So little things like that were important to teach her with these encounters. Which, which paid off tonight. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. paid off really big tonight. So, But that night we went and uh, went back in to try to um, 
you know, turn up those three bowls that uh, I had glass that had crossed over the power line and basically dropped into where, um, you know, I had focused a lot of my time hunting. And uh, we ended up calling in a six-point um, into, I think it was, what was it, 32 yards? You 32 shot the bush. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was so cool because um, it was it was just a quintessential um, calling an elk basically on a string comes in bugling grunting oh, it was awesome um, and i just continued to to hit him with cow calls until he came into visibility and then i stopped and that's normally kind of my mo because what typically elk will do is they're always following the wind so if the wind's blowing this way they're going to always put the wind at their nose so they're always working their way around to try to detect and when he came below us yeah he put his nose in the air and i think he sniffed us but it wasn't enough for him to be concerned. He, he um, jumped backwards, but then you cow called right away, and yeah. and he stopped again. Yeah. So that was one thing that David told Amber is just because they kind of spook, don't don't freak out, don't jump up and down, you know, relax. I'll cow call again. Maybe they'll come back in for you. So yeah, that was a really neat encounter that we had. But you know what's funny to me is was this morning you know after that evening of just being in elk all the time now the challenge is we didn't know what we were hunting right i mean we heard a bugle we heard them some were gravelly some were not some were squealy this morning we thought oh man we're gonna go right back there we're gonna be right back in them and lo and behold this morning was like yeah we had a plan and we drove up you know onto the power line road and we sat there heard Three distant bugles, saw elk about probably, what, a thousand yards away, running like they had been pushed, and uh, kind of felt down a little bit because I was thinking that we were going to be right into elk this morning, and uh, that was not the case today, and at that's least this when, morning. That's when Steve and Dad saw that big bull in that same general area Yeah, that, that we basically planned on going back this evening, but what was funny is... What we decided to go down and check a trail camera. Mm-hmm. So we went down and checked it, and the same bull that we called in the night before was on that trail camera along with a raghorn. So I actually said, Well, why don't Amber and Lucas, why don't you go ahead and walk down to the next water source? I'll go back up and get the Jeep, and I'll come down and pick you up. Yeah. So uh, Amber <laughs> and I kind of walked down walked slowly we ended up finding a little trail and the trail of course took us down to the next watering hole but we were taking it slow we were walking down and and we got to the actual um, watering hole and her and i were sitting there just kind of chatting and talking about just the cool thing is is you know september only comes around once a year right and I always try to take in every single ounce of everything when I'm in the elk woods in September because for the other 11 months out of the year, that's what I live for uh, is the month of September. And Amber and I were just sitting there uh, and just kind of talking and like we've done. And all of a sudden, a bull bugles. Yeah. And I turn over and I look at her and I said, did you hear that? Yeah. And, of course, that look on her face and smile. She's like, oh, yeah. So one elk bugles and then another elk bugles. I said, okay, and I'm, then I start to hear Jason driving down the road, and I told Amber, I said, hey, I'm going to walk up the road and tell Jason to stop um, before he drives all the way into the pond. So I walk over again, and he fires off again, and I look over at her, and of course, eyes are just as beady as bug eyes, and um, he bugles, the other bull bugles, so they were just sitting there. This was at 1130. Um, we had not heard a single thing for the last five hours. We're feeling kind of defeated. Um, so Jason comes down, and I have him stop, and he walks over. Uh, and, of course, immediately when Jason comes over, they bugle again. bugles again. And I was thinking, you know, he's stopping me. I'll be honest. When I was driving down the road and you threw your hands up like that, I thought, they're screwing with me. I mean, it's 1130. They're messing with me. And you're like, no, no you know bugle and stop and i stopped the jeep turned it off and i got out and i walked down and as soon as i get to them they bugle and i'm just like omg right i mean that's basically the way it is yeah and i'm like well here we go again i guess we're off on the run 
Well, that was the thought was, is do we, okay, do we let them sit, do we let them bed, and then do we come back, you know, this afternoon and try to hunt them, or do we go in? And I looked at Jason, I looked at Amber, I said, we got a bull bugle in less than 200 yards. We can't, we can't not get in the Jeep and just leave. So, um, so we went in after him. Yeah. And then, uh, that was the fun part is we literally got right in between them and they, one would bugle, right? Amber. Mm -hmm. And then the other would bugle. And then we, then Lucas would cow call and then they'd both bugle back and forth. That was awesome. That was awesome. And then we snuck in on the one, that was in our favor wind-wise. And about the time we decided, well, you know, we probably should back out because the wind was kind of questionable because we pretty much knew the elk were bedded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were bugling in their beds. <laughs> Lu- Lucas looks up and goes, there's a bull right there, right there. It's coming in. So, yes, Amber, we're tired. tired. I see Steve. Steve's over there trying to nod off, too. That's okay. We'll, we'll keep rolling. We'll, we'll get to the punchline. Yeah, okay. we're going to get to the punchline pretty okay. fast. But as as that as but this as was encounter moment, close encounter number two, which was yeah. important because this one ended up being a lot more important than the first one. I yeah. thought. Well, and the beautiful part is that elk just came in looking. It was looking for whatever it was looking for, and we were right there. And when it started to move away, I cow called. And it stopped, and I said, Amber, can you get on it? And what'd you do? I got on it. You got on it. And then it started moving again, and when it got into the opening, I cow called again, and it stopped again. I said, practice. Don't shoot it. We're not going to shoot this one. Don't shoot it. But... I could have shot it. You could have shot it. Yeah. Yeah. It taught you a couple of valuable lessons when we talked about that, right? One is that you have to be in the elk woods to hear a bugle. Um, And then two... Um, you know, you never want to shoot an elk when he's moving. So that was yeah. that was the principle that Jason did as he, you know, he cow called and the bull stopped. And that's what we wanted. We wanted the bull um, to be stopped when mm-hmm. he took the shot. Because any little movement with your shot can be enough to be, you know, in the vital zone. Yeah, and not in the vital zone. shot and then we're in trouble. So we learned some lessons this morning on that encounter. And then, then of course, when we got back to to camp steve and dad were telling us about this bull so we devised what what i thought was an awesome plan okay it was an awesome plan thank you i appreciate that you know mike had told us about this five point that he saw over on this side but we thought well we're gonna go where the big bull was that steve and dad saw so we'd put steve and dad on the power lines looking towards us Mm mm-hmm Lucas and I and Amber looking towards them, and then Mike on the other side of the power lines looking basically east. So we kind of figured if that bull decided to come out any direction, that somebody should be able to see him. Yeah. I mean, and that was the thought. I mean, Stephen Steve and, and Tony had seen him that morning, so we figured if we're going to put all hands on deck, we're going to try to turn this bull up. And uh, we did. We sat and we were communicating with each other. Well, wait a second. We should, we should have Mike explain what he did first in that situation, don't you think? Yeah, what did Mike do? What did you do, Mike? <laughs> is, that, is that when I drove too far? That might be the case. That might have been what happened, Mike. I mean, you can tell the story. Well, I was following directions. I turned Which left. usually aren't very good, I right, turned, Steve, trying to find trail cams? I turned right. left onto the power line road. And they, I, they, my plan or my directions were given to go left, go on the power line road until it drops down. And then you can park right there and you can see east. And I did that, but I'm, I ended up only being five power line poles away from you guys. We were wondering because we were looking <laughs> for Mike. And you kept asking me, you kept saying, hey, where's Mike at? Where's Mike at? And I go glass and look and there was no Mike. So... Yeah, but you were just basically right above well, us, right? I, I knew I was in trouble when Mike texted and said, am I supposed to be where they intersect? Because I see your vehicle. <laughs> I saw you guys. Did you see me? I didn't we see didn't you. We didn't see you. Because I stopped, you stopped, in I stopped where, the, where your car was parked pretty much, and 
walked to the right on the power line road just for a little bit, and I saw your your hat. Oh. And I says, that's when I said, I'm in the wrong spot. And, I, <laughs> and then I looked back, and I saw your car. I didn't see your car at that point. I was coming back, and I saw your car, and I said, oh, man, I, I went too far. And, and actually, I, Steve had ratted you out already. He had sent a text saying. Yeah, Steve texted us. Mike is is not where he's supposed to be. But I didn't know where you were. And then when you drove back, you actually drove to where they had left a marker on the road. Where they all could cross that morning. And Steve even yeah. told me, he goes, he's still not in the right place. So then actually when I finally got a hold of you and I got you the right directions. Yeah, I should have turned right on the power line road <laughs> instead of left. But yeah. I was my directions were to turn left on the power line road. Yeah. Right. And who gave you those directions? Right. I'm, left. Dis- I'm dyslexic. Oh. <laughs> Lexdisic, whatever that word is. <laughs> so, well, yeah, so we, we sat down and we were glassing and we were trying to turn up an elk and lo and behold well, we I, were all vacated camp and we looked back on the same ridge, Strawberry Mountain, and we had been glassing for the last four days and what'd we find? Well, and you know what's funny is I actually looked up there just because I had looked all the other areas that I'd seen and I couldn't find anything. And, and you I just couldn't thought, help yourself. I just yeah, I can't help myself. I do look too far away, don't I sometimes? Yeah, you do. But yeah. I looked up there and and I texted Lucas, I said I I see elk up on the ridge. I said, it's very close to where Mike told me that he saw that that 5 by 5 that big 5 by 5 And so sure enough, you know, I started looking more, and Lucas came over, put up his spotting scope. And then actually, Mike, you started looking through the 15s over there on the hillside, right? And I could see them from where I was. So, you know... Then I think Steve's comment was the best on text. What'd you What'd you type? I said, "There's nothing here. Let's go kill him." So, so <laughs> I'm looking at that text right now, yeah. actually. So lo and behold, uh, Steve, go kill that thing. Go kill that thing with Steve's comment. But still, Lucas and I were like, "Okay, well, let's try to let's try to get a better look." I think it's a five by six, not a five by five. So maybe it's a different bull. And it, you know, I mean, we're looking at it from... 2,000 yards? Yeah, a couple thousand yards. Well, then all of a sudden I noticed Steve and Dad decided that they they were leaving, right? Yeah, we wanted to get up to... Because we couldn't see them from our vantage point because the the mountain... And so we went up on top to see if we could see them. So that's what you guys were doing. I didn't know what you were doing. All I saw was you guys were leaving... And I looked at Lucas, and we were, it was getting towards that time where we were like, man, I don't know. You know, we're going to have to make a decision. Okay, so, keep going. So lo and behold, we're, we're sitting there going, well, let's, this big bull that we're supposed to be hunting, let's go ahead and, and bugle and see if we can get a response. And, well, first we cow called a couple times. Nothing happened. Lucas bugled. Nothing happened. Steve and Dad start driving up the hill. Finally, we're like, well, if we're going to do it, we got to go. We got to go. And I looked at Amber and I said, so what do you think, Amber? And she's like, what'd you say? I said that if it wasn't bigger than the bull on the trickler, then I wasn't going to kill it. True. But at the same time, I think you said, let's go take a look. Yeah, I did. I kind of talked her into it. I said... Hey, let's go see what this thing yeah. looks like. She's like, okay. He instigated. So, Mad Dash. So, Mad Dash, run up to the Jeep. Steve, your Jeep is awesome. I just want to point that out. You know, can't it, wait till you build me one because I want one trip just like it. have gone the way it did without Steve's Jeep. Because yeah. all of our vehicles would have been... <laughs> Yeah, this new shocks. New, anybody new that draws alignments. one of these tags, if you don't have a razor or a jeep that you're Man. willing to beat, beat up, up Man, you this, should just you should you should not put in for here. Because I thought roads are just vicious. I thought roads in in some of the areas that we've hunted in the past were bad. These mm-hmm. roads they're might like, they're like freeways compared to this. Yeah, yeah. those roads are like freeways. Yeah. So we make a mad dash over there. We get to <clears throat> we get to the pond that Mike said. This is where it is, and we are literally pulling up to the pond, and we look up the hill, and there's an elk standing there. Stop the Jeep. 
everybody bails out. Lucas runs over onto one side of this juniper tree, and he's got his calls and everything, and he's like, I think we're going to have to shoot offhand. It, there's cows, so there's going to be a bull, right? Mm-hmm. 390 so, yards or so, yeah, so, which is a good poke. So, but, you know, what I decided is I circled around on the other side, <gasps> and I had left all of my gear in the Jeep, which was a big mistake. So I'm sitting there. I got Amber on the actual levy of the pond, and I've literally got her gun rested on the edge. I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is not very good. And it's a miracle that I didn't slide down the hill. And it's a miracle that you didn't slide down the hill. But yeah. you were laying down, proned out. You were ready for a good <laughs> shot. We adjusted the – we shoot Huskama optics, which has turrets. So we adjusted the scope. Uh, I think I had ranged it, like you said, 390. So we yeah, ran the range. scope up to 390. And lo and behold, what happened? Amber, what huh? happened? Um, we saw the one that Mike saw. Well, yeah, we think we it might have so. been that. But I think it was that bull. It was a it was a smaller bull than yeah. the one that was on the trickler that we know about, huh? Uh huh. So you were like, uh, but we practiced. We still practiced we again. Did I practice. said, no. I told you to get on the gun and make uh-huh. sure to put the crosshairs right on the bull. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. So you did that. And that was very good. And we didn't even take the gun off of safety. No, we didn't take the gun off of safety. Because <laughs> we, really we knew it funny. wasn't a shooter. But at the same time, um, when he walked out, we cow called. He stopped. So you had another opportunity to, you know, to to see a bull in your crosshairs and mm-hmm. know when the right time would be to pull a trigger. And that was part of what Jason and I talked about. One is we wanted to have Amber have close encounters with elk which we did uh, and then also give her the best opportunity to to shoot which was making sure the bull was stopped and not moving and that was a couple things jason and i talked about um because it's different if you're experienced in a bull's moving you know how to lead an animal and you can make that shot but um, when you've never done that before it's important that you know if you can get the animal to stop you do take the ethical shot so well and that's that's when you know, they walked out going one direction. We heard bugles basically where we thought the other bull was. So we went over to that area and looked there. And as we were looking there, you know, basically we decided, okay, we can't get to those. Because so, they were on private property. Yeah, they were. They had crossed over onto that one section. They were smart. They were smart. They were running from you because they knew you had a gun yeah. and a tag. Yeah. These elk, no boundaries. And they know in that the early rifle I am season. deathly. Yeah, you had practiced too. So at that point, we decided. Actually, I think Lucas said, "You know what's going to happen? They're going to go back to the other water sources." So at that point, we went and set up at those other water source that was close by, and when we got there. At that point, I was really surprised, but lo and behold, here come the elk. Yeah. And what did I tell you, Amber? That let's, let's shoot that bull, right? Actually, I think Lucas said that. Okay. Well, maybe Lucas said it, but I was yeah. thinking it, so we'll but take it. But that doesn't really count because yeah. you were thinking it in your head. Well, we, were, we were set up in that Not meadow, out right? Loud. And we had sat down in that meadow and... and um, those elk just kept crossing down um, that just come from the water and we knew you know that there was a shooter bull in that group and lo and behold there he was there he was you know we were just sitting there in the, the meadow one. set up and that was the one and I when I saw that bull I said Jason that we need to shoot that bull and Jason got under the glass and immediately he goes we need to shoot that bull. <laughs> and this is also where something Amber and I had practiced, too, is once you get on the gun and you get on the animal and you pull the trigger the first time, you reload and you do it again. But what was really what really impressed me about what you did, Amber, is, is we got on the shooting sticks, and it really wasn't that far. It was only like 70 yards the first shot. And when you pulled the trigger, I heard that that bullet hit. And then I saw the animal kind of hunch up, but it was a big animal, and it started to move again. And what did Lucas say? Shoot it again. Shoot it again. 
So we reloaded, and then you got on it, and that's when I think you got a little bit nervous because mm-hmm. you're like, I can't see it, I can't see it. I said, it's right there. Don't worry, it's not. It's in the very back. It had actually all the other elk had started moving away, and I think it was about 110 yards at that point. And I said, it's the one in the back, and you said I can't see it, and then I got you on it, and but it was still moving, right? Mm-hmm. So what did I do? Do you remember what I did? No. You don't even remember what I did. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm so I started, tired. I, it was a cloud. I, I started mewing it at it. blur. Oh, yeah. I started mewing at it. Now I remember And what's what funny is that bull elk stopped and looked at us. And when it stopped. The whap. You thopped it. Thwapped it. Whopped it. And he dropped. That second shot, he just. He hit the ground hard. Like a pile of bricks. And, of course, there were some celebrations. There might have been some hooping, hollering, yeah. Amber jumping around, dancing like... Screaming. And, and we drove around the corner. Just We heard the shot, and we said, that's... We tell by the, the sound that it was her 6.5, and and uh, come right around the corner, and they were dancing out of the Jeep, and yeah. and uh, there it was on the ground. So cool. It was... Mm-hmm. That it was, was pretty special. That was awesome. It was pretty special. So... Yeah. That was that was neat. That was really neat. And then actually walking up on it and seeing how big it really was was pretty Yeah, ground shrinkage wasn't an issue. As we got to him, he just kept getting bigger and bigger. And, bigger, and, and his bigger. fronts got bigger and his fourths got bigger and just everything about him was just an unbelievable bull. Um, and I kill one that's bigger than yours, Dad. Well, <laughs> well, that's that. The funny part is, I think one of her questions was, "Well, is that bigger than your bull?" And I said, "Yes." And she said, "Okay, so that's taxidermy worthy." And I said, "Yes, that's taxidermy worthy." Yeah. And then we, then we all, I think, as a collective group, made a comment of, "Well, let's see, none of us." Dad, myself, Steve, Mike, Lucas, none of us have killed a bull bigger or as big as your nope. bull. So Amber now has the family record for biggest bull. Family and Get friend record. Get you some of that. Yeah. Woo! Get you some of that. <laughs> yeah. So. It was just an awesome experience. What, what did you think about that bull, Mike? Was it what? what? That was a very nice bull. It was a. Biggest one I've ever seen on the ground. Oh man, I'm telling you. And now, yeah. And now I gotta go to bed because it's way past my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amber, Amber, you've done something that less than probably five to six percent of the hunting population does. Really? Yeah. One drawing the tag, which is less than one percent, and then two shooting a bull in a very, 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 very high inch class and. And we're, on we're top not. of that, let's face facts, this is a hard hunt. Yeah. I mean, anybody that thinks this hunt is a slam dunk, I I don't know. I mean... I think of the 30 tags, the bull that Amber shot is going to be in the top three tags. You know, depending on, you know, if all 30, you know, likely harvest. all 30 won't harvest. But um, we know of one other bull that was taken that was a good-sized bull. Um, but... Yeah, this one clearly will be in the top three it's, out of 30 tags. It's it's an amazing bull. And, and that's my first one. Yeah. Ever. Crazy child. First elk. She's ru- a premium Mike, tag. she's ruined. I'm ruined forever. We're, she's going to have to buy us beef steaks from here on out. Yeah. Steve, Steve, what are we going to do now? I mean, she, when someone takes an elk for their first elk like that. Well, we just hope that they put it in pers- perspective because... Uh, it's not how big it is. It's it's the whole idea of going out and hunting yeah, and having a good time. And uh, you know, we took I took a young guy hunting one time, and he shot a twenty eight inch mule deer, and it ruined hunting for him because he thought it was too easy and did, yeah. kind of lost interest. So, um, you know, you did, did, did something that some people spend their entire life uh, trying That's to fine. achieve. We're, we're still trying to get to it, right, Steve. <laughs> That's right. We're still trying to get to it. Well, I have to say, you know, I mean. To me, and we talked about this uh, the last the last night that Dominic and 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 Craig was here and Dave was here. You know, it's the experience. It's sitting around that campfire. 
Oh man, I mean that was that we was we did every night, right? That Just was, recap the day. That was awesome. Sitting around talking about stories and enjoying and devising a plan, devising a plan, thinking about what we were going to do. But elk hunting is work, huh, Amber? It she liked work. getting up at three every morning. She oh no, <laughs> I did not. Getting up at oh dark thirty yeah. in the morning. Sometimes getting a nap in the afternoon for those people that had to run trail cameras. Yeah, you guys are amazing. I think the term was getting princess ready. Like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. It's going to take about 30 minutes to get princess ready. Because okay, I'm so. the hunting camp princess. You are. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm the queen, technically. <laughs> well, I think you're actually the king, too. Cause yeah. You you, uh, you shot the, the kingpin bull, but yeah. Wow. Awesome experience. Awesome. Absolutely. I mean, just a blessing to be here. I mean, anytime someone draws a premium tag, I mean, I wish I would have, you know, been I hope Mike closer or Steve when Steve draws one well, I would say when so Steve drew go. the Henry tag, I wish I would have been, you know, oh, able okay, to, sure. to attend that and just but that's the neat thing about hunting mm-hmm. is is it's the camaraderie. It's it's when someone pulls a tag like that, it's how everyone comes together to help, you know, one person to be, you and know, successful. Had, you know, I mean, besides besides everybody that's in camp right now and the people that left, I mean, we had all kinds of other people that helped us with information. You know, yeah. our other organizations that we're members of, Epic Outdoors, Hunt and Hunt Fool, Fool. Yep. Um, they helped us with people that had been here or know the area. Yep. Um, Arizona Fish and Game, I mean, was really great. They yep. gave us stuff. Some of the local NRA guys gave us some information. I mean, we had we had more information than yep. than you know I, I can imagine, and still it was a really really yeah. In my opinion, mean, it was a hard hunt because it was sleep three four hours and basically run the whole time trying to figure it all out. But yeah, it turned out the way I dreamed it was going to turn out. Well, so, the thing is, is you know, just because you, are you draw, cry. Oh, I already tried to cry with you earlier. Don't worry. I'm done with that. Okay. Yeah, that'll go on the video. But yeah. the cool thing is, I mean, just because, you know, there's 30 people that draw this tag, it doesn't mean all 30 of those people are going to shoot a great bull. I mean, right? Just because you draw the tag, that's that's part of the pro- the process. But actually getting here, scouting, hunting, taking care of the game, I mean, that that to me is really the, the, uh, the, the crucible part of the process. And... Uh, um, we got it done. We got it done yeah. on this trip. You and that's, that's what matters. And it took everybody in this camp to help. It was, you know, all of us Team spread effort. out. It was all of us coming back at night, talking about our experiences and trying to put a plan together. And, um, you know, Amber couldn't have done this by herself. And I'm not sure if I had the tag, I could have done it by myself either. So... Um, and now that bull is going to Chad Weeby, the most awesome taxidermist ever. Oh, Chad's gonna love to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to drop Chad. Chad's name on the on the show notes, but yeah, no, he's he's hung up right now. He's completely uh-huh. cleaned out. Quarters are up. All the good meat is hanging, cooling tonight. The cape's done. The antlers are hanging out. Yeah, cooling tonight. So waiting, waiting we, for uh, the dry ice. We did some work. Yes, indeed. But it was a team effort. So, Amber, I mean, what, besides being tired, because we know you're tired. Yeah. But was that just not an awesome experience? It was. It would be. Just remember, you may never, ever have this experience again. Because none of us have had this experience. So it's pretty neat to think that mm-hmm. we were able to sit so in camp with someone. So the next time you might actually have to go with one of us, and we get to carry the gun, and you have to wake up early and go check the trail cams and oh, cook yeah, and clean. We're just going to switch roles. Yeah. Well, I helped you cook. Come on. It's true. Jason, you've kind of been a good camp wife, though. I mean, oh. he's been <laughs> oh, yeah. cooking dinners and steaks and making I salad. Had, and I had back. I made the salad. I, I had backstraps in here along with some other steaks. We were we we're gonna have pasta tonight mm-hmm. and backstrap. No and shortage too. of good eating and mm. good times and mm. good discussions. Mm. Okay, Steve's starting to yawn too. Mom's not gonna be happy with us because we still have That's all okay. that food. Well, that just means we'll have to eat it when we get home. Okay, we can do that. And too. I know where you guys live, so <laughs> yeah, we know where you live too. Well, it is one fifteen. What on the nineteenth? Oh my god! 
and uh, we had quite an awesome day. So, good Thank job, you. Amber. Love yeah. you, sweetie. Woo. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Mike, any closing comments or any words of wisdom? It's just awesome being around, uh, meeting Lucas, and seeing Tony again. This is what life is about: meeting good friends, good buddies, and just being in elk camp. It's nothing. You just don't something most people don't really understand what it's like and i'm glad i'm one of those and i have friends that are one of those and we can all hang together and do it amen yeah yeah steve what do you think yeah it worked out great because um when she drew the tag i just had both knees surgery on both of them so i didn't even know if i'd get to come and so i managed to wobble around and Maybe be a little bit of a help, so it worked out great. Steve might need a new bumper out of the whole ordeal. Oh, but hey. No, no, Mike and I we got it fixed. <laughs> Pretty you close. I feel thing? bad because I was with Steve, and well, I, but I was, I was checking okay. trail cam pictures. So <laughs> next thing you know, he goes, "Boom!" And he's like, "Did I just hit a tree?" I look in the rear view. I'm like. Uh, I think you might have just backed it. You know, you, need, you got a complaint with Ford because it's supposed to say beep beep right. before well, you hit the, the thing. Is not it beeped when we hit it, so yeah. it, it beeped, didn't, it didn't quite tell we us. We jumped a rock, yeah. So it didn't it, quite tell us. It was one of those lurches that uh, normally would have given us plenty of time. Okay. But. but I got some pictures of you guys working on that thing, so was, that, <laughs> hey, that, that may go Mike, in the we video. We did good work. <laughs> we might get Auto Body of the Year at yeah. Steve's shop. You can't even tell that bumper if you didn't know it. Yeah. I'm telling At least the you. tailgate drops down now. Yeah. yeah, it's true. So, Dad, happy? Nothing, nothing on my side. I'm just, I'm ecstatic. I, I'll be honest, I got to the stage where it was like, I was pretty confident, I was pretty confident that we were going to kill a bull. I did know that. But how big of a bull? I was thinking maybe that five by that we saw on the trail cam pictures which will be interesting to check those to see if he's still hitting it. Sure. But whoever's got the archery camera up there, they'll be the one that'll get to harvest that one. Probably, yeah. So I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Uh, I'm a gambling guy. Every day the odds go down a little bit further and further and further. It was at the stage where I was thinking, what are we going to settle for? Yeah, where are we point? going? We where settled are we going? for a nice one. We settled for a nice one for sure. Yeah. yeah. Papa, you want any? You got anything to add to the party? No. Nope. Her brother's. Her brother's gonna be jealous. Oh, her brother's gonna be jealous. <laughs> yeah. Wyatt. Oh, poor. But he's got baby. a mule deer tag, so why so could go sad. shoot a big old mule deer and or it could be with a dad's help. It, well, he'll probably shoot a thirty-inch forked horn. That's hey, probably that's okay. what it's gonna be. He probably want me to pack yeah, taxidermy that too. Yesterday well, was Ethan. You don't taxidermy forget horns. That's what you said. Bam! Get you some of that. Woo! All right, Amber. Okay. Any, anything in closing? Was this a good trip? Or yeah. You, I mean, are you... It would be even better if I wasn't so tired. Oh, <laughs> I know. You're I'm tired. I'm so tired. That's <laughs> my bedtime. So you slept in the Jeep today. Then yeah. you took a nap. And then you slept during basically the whole time. When your Lucas and I, and I were going trekking trail cams. Yeah. And then took care of your elk. You slept. How can you be tired? Well, I don't know, because I usually go to bed at 9 o'clock and then get forced. I guess five, princesses six. need, what, 15 hours uh, of sleep a so. day? I don't so, need yeah. 15 hours. I go to bed at 9 and wake up at 6 every day. And take a nap in the middle time. Oh, farmers Notice I put naps. my arm out there for you to hit me. All right, well, we'll probably go Thanks, ahead Lucas. and, and close this down. This has been great. Yeah. I've had a great time. Um, of course, I've shared quite a few camps with Jason in the past, um, hunting camps, and it was neat, Mike, to meet you and Steve to finally share a hunting camp with you. I've heard yeah. a lot of stories and look forward to you know more hunting camps with any of us. Hopefully, we'll draw some more tags. Yeah. I'm guessing Amber's probably going to be the lucky one that draws the next premium tag. Most of course, likely. Tony's probably ready to draw a good tag here uh, in the future, I'm too. So. Still looking at Wyatt, her brother. He's yeah, he's got a good Nevada tag. Good so dad down dad's gotta take make sure that Wyatt shoots a good mule deer. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, yeah. you're going to be jealous because he's going to shoot if, a good mule deer. So. It's not going to be as big as my elk, though. Well, I mean, come on. That's for I sure. Know. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> you're going to have to shoot a moose to, to, yeah. to outdo well, your elk. Well, moose is on my but... list, too. It's on the list. She's got a list. The elk was yeah. just I told her she the needs second to, she thing needs on the list. A, she needs to get a job. Dad's or going she really to change. need to win the lottery. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, thanks uh, again for coming on the Arnie Outdoors podcast. Um, appreciate everybody's help. Appreciate, just like I said, the camaraderie of, of you know, coming and circling around and helping Amber be successful. And, yeah. uh, man, was it not a successful hunt. It was truly amazing how everything unfolded. And now we're here and we're happy. And, and yeah. uh, it's time to go home now, huh? Yeah. Thanks, home to Lucas. all the animals. Thanks, right, Lucas. Guys. I appreciate all your help, too. You've been super rock star. Oh, great caller. Great that's all we do. Skinner. Thank you, Lucas, for couldn't have done it without you. I don't know about that. You guys oh. would have got it done. Well, we would have done it without him, but it was certainly a, a lot more enjoyable with him. How's that? Yeah. You're the super elk st- man, Lucas. Still been out there. Yep. You guys super elk man. But you guys would have got it done. So anyway, rock right, and roll. Listeners, we'll catch you guys next time for another adventure on the RNA Outdoors podcast.